you need a Bible, raise your hand. Always a wonderful time as we're going chapter by chapter through the Bible. We're getting through another book. All right. All right. So, Scott and Amy, when was your anniversary? The 7th. When? So that was three days ago. Okay. Amy, Scott told me you're a Proverbs 31 woman. Do you know that's what we are teaching on this evening? Ten-year anniversary for Scott and Amy. <laughs> Pastor Scott and Amy, all right. Ten years. I remember that day. It was an awesome day. Okay, Proverbs 31. The words of King Lemuel, the utterance which his mother taught him. And so this chapter was a teaching by the mother of King Lemuel. Who is King Lemuel? We don't know who King Lemuel is. Um, I personally, uh, you know, I think that there is a good chance it was one of the, the kings. I believe it's one of the kings in the, in the line of Judah is just going by a different name here. That type of thing did happen. But we are not sure. We know this is a Hebrew name. It's, me, uh, it's dedicated to God. And this is what his uh, mother taught him. And she doesn't instruct him about military strategy for the kingdom. She doesn't instruct him about right way of government, who his cabinet should be, how to build strongholds, whatever. She instructs them in integrity and concerning the choice of a wife. And so, why don't we just go ahead and in, in, uh, the, the verses 10 through 31 really deal with the, the choice of the wife part, but let's, uh, let's read up to then. It says, verse 2, what my son and what son of my womb and what son of my vows... So it could be just as uh, Hannah dedicated Samuel and accompanying that uh, dedication was just a vow to the Lord to commit him uh, to the uh, Lord and also to commit her life to the Lord. That's what we do at baby dedications at Calvary Chapel. We bring the parents up here and it's more about what the parents are doing than, than the baby. They're making vows. They're making commitments about raising the child. Do not give, verse 3, your strength to women, nor your ways to that which destroy kings. And so we have seen, uh, it, both with David and more so with Solomon, men who, uh, particularly in the life of Solomon, giving his strength to women, plural, God made us to have to, to men to have one wife, and um, she had witnessed this woman, this mother of King Lemuel, uh, men just giving their strength to many women, and that will happen uh, to the man who strays away from God's word and what God's word says about how marriage should be. 
And then she gets into a different subject. It is not for kings, O Lemuel. Uh, it is not for kings to drink wine, nor for princes intoxicating drink. Lest they drink and forget the law and pervert the justice of all the afflicted. Give strong drink to him who is perishing and wine to those who are bitter of heart. Let him drink and forget his poverty and remember his misery no more. And so these verses make people feel a little uneasy. It's like, wait, what are you telling you know, the, the people who are sort of miserable uh, to uh, get drunk and, 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 and forget uh, their, uh, their condition? I personally believe the right way to interpret this is that she's just making an observation. In other words, let those who are trying to just forget all their troubles, sort of the, the people, the, the godless, the people who have not turned to God, and they've, in many ways in their life, they have reaped what they are, they are sown. You know, let them be the ones to abuse strong drink. Don't let you be the one. Too much is given, much is expected. Don't give over yourself to intoxicating drink. Verse 8, open your, open your mouth for the speechless in the cause of all who were appointed to die. And so, you know, the, the, just the theme that we've seen uh, throughout the, the Word of God that... Uh, you know, God comes to the aid of those who no one's coming to the aid to. Now, if a person who doesn't believe in death penalty is going to point to this verse. Uh, I personally don't think we should be dumb, dogmatic on that particular issue. It's a very sensitive issue. Uh, and, and there are arguments both ways. You need to pray and figure out you know, between you and the Lord, what, what you feel like the Bible says, but open this, you know, she's, she's probably uh, uh, seen much what we have seen in our society. It's just a fact that there has been, there has been uh, part of sort of handing down death penalty uh, cases and sentences. There has been a certain arbitrariness of it, and certainly if you're rich, man, you can get out of that. And so um, she's, she's probably uh, also just speaking to that particular issue. Open your mouth, judge righteously, and plead the cause of the poor and the needy. Plead the cause of the poor and the needy. And so he's writing down this utterance, which one one translation is, and for, for verse 1, this word utterance is the word prophecy. And so how important uh, the role of the mother for the just raising up children in the fear and admonition of the Lord. Abe Lincoln said, all that I owe, I owe to my angel mother. Douglas MacArthur said, my sainted mother taught me devotion to God, love for country, and those things have sustained me throughout, throughout in my life, and I owe to her today a son's new vote of thanks. He's just an amazing general in the World War II, Douglas MacArthur. I, I love this one, G. Campbell Morgan. Uh, he was married to a remarkable woman. All four of his boys uh, became preachers. 
<laughs> and they were all together one day. And uh, someone asked the, f- the five of them, G. Campbell Morgan and the four son preachers, so uh, which one of you is the bre- best preacher? And all at the same time, they said, Mother is. Uh, and so uh, uh, that's uh, a ministry, uh, certainly, that, um, that, that a woman of God has. I heard a teaching over the weekend by a guy a teaching about children, uh, and he was... Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 6 just uh, is really a remarkable exhortation uh, to mothers and, and of course, to fathers as well. But it just says in Deuteronomy 6-7, you shall teach teach them diligently to your children. Speaking of the law, teach it diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way when you lie down and when you rise up. In other words, really, any opportunity you should be using to share the Word of God with your child. I love that, but when you walk by the way, when you're just going about town or whatever, you should be sharing the Word of God with your children. You shall bind them up as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontless between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. And I personally think we should write Scripture on or put Scripture on our doorposts. It's a great way of just reminding on the whole household of uh, the whole household of this. And uh, I, I, I listened to this guy. He had actually typed this out and and he just has he has two small children and he he puts this up just to remind him uh, himself to to constantly be doing this but just the investment a mother can make investing just uh in their in her children by by the by the word of god just by the word of god now verses 10 through 31 a description of the virtuous wife and it's actually written in an, by an acrostic uh, in Hebrew uh, from verses 10 to 31. That means the different letter of the Hebrew alpha, alphabet started the different verses here. It was a way to, uh, to memorize uh, this chapter. And it begins like this. Who can find a virtuous wife? Now, this doesn't mean that it's impossible to find her. It just means that... Uh, She's rare and she's precious. It says, for her worth is far above rubies. In other words, th- th- this is something that's incredibly valuable. You know, finding a wife who's a virtuous woman. It's certainly priceless is the thing that he's trying to, to get across. And, and any man who has ever had a woman who's a woman of God knows that you cannot put a price on that. <laughs> you absolutely cannot do that. And so, uh, and this is, remember, this is a woman talking to her son. I think that's sobering. A woman's telling her son, look, don't just go out and choose anyone to, to, to be your wife. You need a virtuous wife and, and she's hard to find. You know, And she goes on and she describes here uh, what, is, what makes up a, a, a virtuous woman, a, a, a wife that 
you know, is, is worth pursuing. And the Bible says he who finds a wife finds a good thing. Well, it's not any wife. Uh, it, it's a wife who is um, a woman of God. And, you know, something happens when uh, a guy and a girl fall in love, you know. Their minds go crazy. Uh, and and, they're, and the, actually, that's not really the right way of putting it. Their hearts go crazy, and the heart just takes over the mind. So the mind is like left behind somewhere, and they're all sort of googly-eyed. And, and you know, the heart uh, oftentimes just takes over uh, the mind. And, you know, so there, there are times over the years where we've really had to, to sit a man or a woman down and say, Look, this person is is not for you. Uh, I, I've actually had to do that in the last six months. I, I I had to sit someone down and tell the person unequivocally. I can tell you, this person is not for you. And I I, I you know, I do this very rarely. But I said this real this relationship that you're in is not of God. It absolutely is not. And 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 you can actually you know speak with authority. When you're a pastor, you've got to do it judiciously. You've got to be careful when you do on this particular subject because the Bible does have a thing or two to say about uh, the qualifications to be a husband or the qualifications to be a wife, just as it does about the qualifications to be an elder or a deacon. You can know whether a person has the qualifications to be an elder in a church. There's a very specific list. Uh, well, there's a... Uh, th- there's also a lot in the Bible to say about, you know, a woman who, or a, that you should be marrying or a man that you should uh, be marrying. And now this uh, list here in these verses, this is not a real woman. Uh, this is not a woman. <laughs> this is an ideal woman. And so, uh, you know, women shouldn't uh, read this and become incredibly depressed. Uh, it's like when we were talking about Second Peter chapter one this morning, and we're talking about the, this inc- those incredible verses. There is it, you know, v- verses five through seven. And if you remember, you know, we read those verses, and it's an incredibly high standard. You know, add to your faith a virtue. Add to your virtue knowledge. Add to your knowledge self-control. Add to your self-control perseverance. Add to your perseverance godliness. Add to your brotherly. Co- uh, uh, add to your godliness brotherly kindness, which is phileos, and add to your phileos agape love. And and if you just look at that and compare it and measure it to your life, uh, you know, one reaction could you can be totally depressed. Uh, but the reaction that the response that the Lord wants us to have is is actually one of great encouragement because He's given the because this is where He wants to take us. The Lord is not saying, this is where you need to be right now. This is where um, I want to take you. And so, women, uh, that's how you should be uh, reading this chapter. I think I said last Sunday night, there's a CD of a Christian teacher out there and the practical teaching at a women's conference. And the whole, the, whole, the whole teaching, this woman's going, don't you hate these women? They're, you know, look at this where she considers a field and buys it, verse 16. Can you believe they have enough strength and acumen to do that? It's bizarre, uh, the, 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 the sermon. Um, th- that is no way to teach this or take this in. But uh, women, as you read this, it's really meant to uh, encourage you. So uh, 
that that's uh, that's important. Now, it, so it says there in verse 11, the heart of her husband safely trusts her, so he will have no lack of gain. He'll have no lack of gain, meaning he's not concerned uh, that there's going to be immorality or infidelity in her life. Uh, his treasure is right there in the home. She really fulfills him. It says, so he will have no lack of gain, meaning his treasure is right there in the home. Verse 12, she does him good and not evil all the days of her life. She does him good and not evil all the days of her life. And, you know, I've been talking about some of the couples who are getting ready to be uh, married and, and some of the guys and, and the women. And, and one of the things that I talk to them about is, you know, what about their motive for being married to, to this particular person that they're interested in. And, and one of the motives I honestly feel like is a good motive is you, you look at the person and you see the call of God on their life and you're, you're excited about helping them become everything that God wants them to be. And, and, and that's a description here. She does him good and not evil. In other words, she, does him, she doesn't pull him down from the man that, uh, that God has called him to be. No, rather, she does him good. She, she, she's doing what's necessary. She sees what God wants to do uh, in his life, and she is doing whatever it takes to move him in that direction. Marriage can, can, can break someone in terms of, you know, their calling. They can marry someone who is just not into it. Uh, they're, they're not into the whole God thing. And I was just speaking with a guy, just a sweet, sweet guy. Uh, who's a really faithful guy, a guy with a great re- reputation, and uh, he was, uh, a, 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 he is still a pastor in the Calvary Chapel Church. But he just got a note one day while he was a pastor, woke up to this note uh, right next to him um, on the pillow, and it just says, "I know where God's taking you. I know the call of God on your life, but I don't want to have anything to do with it." And she, she took off. Just unbelievably heartbreaking. And, uh, uh, you know, praise the Lord. Uh, he, he waited three years. Uh, he, the way he told me to give the Lord room to have her come back. But uh, uh, he was remarried last spring, and he, he's doing great now. And, uh, but certainly um, that was a setback for him. God's going to use it for good. Praise the Lord. But needless to say... Um, you know, you do want to find a woman, guys, who's interested in having you become everything that God wants you to be. Women, of course, um, uh, it's the same thing w- with with guys. You w- you want to find a guy who is excited. It's like, wow, look at uh, this woman, and I can see the call of God in her life. A lot of times. They'll see the call of God on your life better than you see the call of God on your life. And it's like, yeah, I want to get behind that. It says that she does him good and not evil all the days of her life. She seeks wool and flax and willingly works with her hands. She's not lazy. She is like the merchant ships 
She brings her food from afar. You know, I, I see Stephanie come in with, you know, we have five kids. We have these, these truckloads of food from Stop and Shop. And I think of this verse, you know. She's like coming in like a merchant ship bringing her food from uh, afar. This is uh, not an easy thing to be running uh, a household, running a home. And uh, you have to, and she's saying, look, you need to find a woman who's not lazy uh, and notice how it says in verse 13, she willingly works with her hands. She's not doing it under compulsion. She's willingly doing it. Praise the Lord. You know, if there's one thing that kids are going to pick up, it's if their mom or their father is serving them under compulsion. You know, just doing it because... Uh, like there's a, they they have to do it, uh, sort of deal. And so, uh, you know, it, 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 it says in verse 12, it does say here all the days of her life. Now you can, I would underscore that, all the days of her life. You know, uh, when you sign up for marriage and you you're at the wedding altar and. You say for better, for worse, for in sickness and health, and, and what is it? Poor. Who said it recently? These verses. It's been 22 years. Uh, poor and wealthy, or uh, richer or poor? Right. It, it, exactly. When? What's that? Yeah. Well, um, it, it's also <laughs> it's also good in our home. <laughs> I don't have. Um, but. Uh, I remember, you know, I was talking this morning about when I was flat on my back, ill, uh, about seven years ago, uh, completely, utterly, totally incapacitated. I had to go on disability at work, and Pastor Scott took over the pulpit, and um, all of a sudden, my wife finds that she's got to be taking care of five kids, but also a husband who's incapacitated in a complete mental basket case. Uh, you know, that's a big deal. When you're on the wedding altar making vows, you have no idea what that's going to be like. It's like, oh, yeah, of course, yeah, I'll do it, yeah, you know. I just love, we heard Bill Gallatin uh, uh, a, a couple years ago, just, oh, no, no, that was this year, when he talked about his wife, Rosemary, died last year, and uh, Rosemary and Bill have had such an enormous influence in, in New England. And uh, they, they were, ba- that Pastor Randy and Rockland, that's his, his pastor. And she has just been such an example to all the pastor's wives. And, and, she, and she died. She went to be the Lord. But she was, her health was, I don't know what to say other than atrocious for the last two years. And he turned into more or less a full-time care provider. Bill Galton, I mean. That that's uh, that's amazing. A, a man who has had you know so so many churches started up under his under his ministry. The fruit is just incredible. But here you have this guy. He is a full time care provider for the last two years of his life, and 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 he he just got up before all the pastors last May, and he just said it was just such a privilege, an amazing privilege. 
to take care of my wife. You know, she, you know, had to, I don't think her bladder was working, and she had, he had to feed her, and he had to clean her, and he just said it was just an amazing privilege. And I believe him. I, be, I absolutely believe what he's saying. He wasn't doing sort of the preacher talk. He, he, you could tell, for him, this was just an amazing privilege to serve this woman who had been so used mightily by God in the lives of so many, um, uh, so many, so many people, and, uh, and and used so mightily just in his own marriage. But but uh, you know. Uh, when you have a severe health health issue, someone is paralyzed or um, is incapacitated or has cancer. Uh, you know that's that's a big deal. It says here that she, all the days of her life, she she serves, and uh, that's that's the kind of, of uh, uh, you know it's hard hard to, of course to go out and. You know, what are you going to do, you know, when you're courting? So are you going to, like, serve me all the days of your life? Well, it's, it's a discernment thing. That's why it's so important to be in prayer uh, every day. Uh, you know, when you're in a courtship, Lord, reveal. Or, or be in prayer before the courtship, really. Here's this woman. Here's this guy. Lord, is, is, this, is this really who you want for me? I need the Holy Spirit. I need your wisdom. Uh, verse 14, she is like, uh, verse 15 rather, she also rises while it is yet night. Ay, ay, ay. It's another way of saying it's dark out. It's, it's dawn. The dawn's coming on. And provides food for her household. Uh, my wife Stephanie does that very thing. She gets up in the morning really, really early and crawls out of bed and she provides food for the kids and um, you know it's just an amazing thing I, you, you, I remember my mother I never remember once her not being up having a full breakfast for her three boys my entire life I, 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 I never remember once she did not do that every single morning and the profound effect that has on a child is just, just it's just so over the top, uh, and and so um, just a woman who is dedicated uh, to her kids, and and it's less about the food than it is about the children seeing that kind of dedication. That's what it's it's more about. Uh, and a portion for her maid servants. She considers a field and buys it. And her profits, she plants, with her profits, she plants a vineyard. Verse, I'm going to skip over to verse 18. She perceives that her merchandise is good and her lamp does not go out by night. And so, uh, you know, we live again in a day where it's difficult um, to make ends meet with um, just one person uh, working in the home. Now, I believe that that's, it is what we should, should strive for. It's no longer possible for many people, and that's because uh, we have this double-income economy uh, where being a homemaker is 
has been denigrated so much. It's been, it's been, you know, pushed away by society that uh, women have gone into the workforce and the prices of things have risen to the level which reflects a, a, a household where both people are working. So it's, it's getting more and more difficult for one person to, to stay at home. And, but there are, it, it's great. Just like in the year 2010, there's creative ways uh, to, to, to stay at home and, and make money here and there. That's what this woman is doing right here. Just um, creatively, and, and she's doing it diligently, and she's not doing it uh, under compulsion. She, verse 17, she girds herself with strength, and she strengthens her arms. You know, Stephanie, a little known fact about her, she, she does barbells every single night when, when, when she's at home. She does this stuff too, and uh, this is the leg weights. It's just it. She's got this Nautilus machine at her house that takes up the entire basement. Not really. Uh, she never does anything about that. But, man, did she carry some little babies around. Um, and, and those babies are so heavy. You just wait. Look at that. That is a very light baby back there. But you're going to be girding yourself up with strength. You're going to be, that muscle is going to be building up as Eliana uh, grows. And, 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 you know, don't think just when your kid begins to uh, walk uh, Joel and Shoba, don't think just when your kid begins to walk, you're not going to have to be hauling her around because up to they're eight years old, they're, you're on a late night trip and you get back and they're asleep, they ain't walking into the house. You're carrying them, man, and, and woman. And so that's what this is referring to. Uh, she girds herself with strength and strengthens her arms. It's, it's physically uh, very difficult to be a mom and um, a wife. And so, man, single guys look for those muscular women. I'm just kidding. Um, uh, verse, verse 19, she stretches out her hands to the distaff and her hands holds the spindle. So what's a distaff? Will someone help me out, please? It's like a, is that like a, a, a spindle? Okay, it's like a spindle. So she's, you know, she, she's like fixing things that go wrong in the house and, you know, clothes rip. And, you know, I know today you just go to Target and buy another pair of clothes. But just different things happen. And, and she's diligent uh, to, to not let things sort of be crumbling um, around uh, the household. And I love, you know, the, just the whole... The whole picture here is a woman who's been empowered in a godly way. Uh, you know, it, it says in First Timothy, it says of, of the moms that uh, that they should be managing the they should be managing the house. And some of you guys have heard me teach on this. When you're when the, the when the Bible says she should be managing the house, that means she guys, not you husbands, are managing the house in the sense that you shouldn't be going into the kitchen and saying, "Hey, a little bit more of that uh, ragu, please." You know, that's not the right way to make it, or you know, I don't like these plates or what you're buying. It, 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 you know, men need to delegate some of these areas and the woman needs to be fully free to be making decisions and uh, uh, and really managing uh, the household here and that's the whole picture uh, that you have here and that's completely uh, in 
uh, consistent with the verses that say, you know, a, a wife needs, there needs to, they, they need to submit to their uh, husband. I talked about it this weekend at the men's conference that I was teaching at, is that, um, guys, submission, a woman submitting, uh, being a leader in the home is supremely about spiritual leadership. It's about being the f- first one to, 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 to really chase after those islands we were talking about in Second Peter chapter 1, verses 5 through 7. The first one to be, you know, kind and, uh, uh, and, and godly and humble and gentle and, and filled with the word of God. Uh, that's supremely what su- uh, spiritual leadership is, although certainly there will be practical areas where, where there's disagreement. And, and, and the Bible does have uh, a hierarchy, if you will. Uh, the Bible also says that we're spiritually equal, but to, in order to uh, run things, um, there's going to have to be a, a final say somewhere. And so, but anyway, here you see a woman just empowered uh, to be just an outstanding uh, wife and mother. Verse 20, she extends her hand to the poor, yet she reaches out her hands to the needy. And, you know, a woman, guys, when, you, when you're looking for a wife, look for a woman who has an eye towards the needy, the poor. Uh, you know, that... that, that we have a lot of women in our church working, frankly, uh, w- w- with the needy between Haiti and Calvary Kids and, and, and DYS and in, in, in Peru and, and then, you know, in other areas. Uh, that's what this is talking about. You're going to want that. You don't want a wife who, wow, we have some extra money. I can't wait to get to the mall and buy myself whatever. Not that there's anything wrong with from time to time you know, uh, uh, buying stuff, different things, but um, supremely, uh, she should have an eye towards blessing others. And, and the, the thought here is by doing this, she is blessing the household because it's just a principle in the Bible that a, that a home, a house, which is giving over to the needy, God is just going to pour back uh, into, uh, into the home. Verse 22, she makes tapestry for herself. Her clothing is, is fine linen and purple. I do believe uh, the Bible teaches that a woman should take care of herself for her husband. It's a biblical thing. Uh, she needs to, uh, you know, uh, take care of herself here. And it says her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. Gets back to the same thing I was talking about earlier in verse 12. Where she, her husband's at the gates, meaning he's a leader. She's a, he's a leader for a reason, and that is because he has a godly wife who is supporting him, and it's getting behind him, in God's calling, uh, for, um, you know, for for uh, his life. And you know, guys, if if you meet a woman who is just and you talk to her, and she just has all these ambitions about what she wants to do someday. You know, uh, well, this is, you, you know, the stuff, and, 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 and you get the sense that, wow, there's nothing is going to get in her way unless she does this in the corporate world, or frankly, this in ministry, or anything else. <laughs> you you, you got to, you, you can't, 
you, you can't marry someone who has such an agenda that they're not going to want to be any part of your the, the thing that, that the Lord has put on your heart. And, 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 and so, you know, when you get in ministry, man, and that, again, we've been telling these, the, 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 these folks who, uh, in, in, in premarital this, it's, it's going to be a synergy. If this relationship is of God, you two are going to come together and what two could produce normally apart from each other, there's going to be a synergy. Ten are going to be producing. If you've been producing tenfold, it's going to be 30 or 50 fold if the Lord's really bringing you together. And so, you know, a man and woman who are coming together, it should be all about ministry, serving, serving, and, and just the multiplication of, um, of, of fruit together. And it doesn't mean they have to be in the same ministry. It just me, at all doesn't mean that. Um, but it, it, it does mean that each is uh, supporting uh, the other. And they're, they're figuring out, they're going before the Lord, Lord, what do you want to do with our lives? And, and there's a oneness there. It doesn't happen overnight. When Stephanie found out that I had been called to be a pastor, she completely, completely freaked out. Uh, but the Lord over time <laughs> brought her around. And so uh, she is... Just a, an incredible support to, to, to me, as you all know, and I wouldn't be up here today if it wasn't for my Proverbs 31 woman. And so uh, it, it, it goes on and it says, it says uh, in verse 24, She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies sashes for the merchants. Strength and honor are her clothing. She shall rejoice in time to come. So... Prior to this point, it's talking mostly about what she does. In verse 25, it's speaking really to the reason she does what she does. The reason she does what she does is because strength and honor are her clothing. Now, the strength here is not talking about physical strength like verse 17. The strength here is a strength that comes from the Word of God, that comes from a rich relationship with Jesus that, 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 that comes from being in communion with the saints, the people of God. That's what this strength is, comes from. And that's the reason that she is who she is. Now, when we have the, the marriage series I did a while back, um, you know, the, the, the priority for... The, the first priority for a home and the first priority for a woman is that she spend, she makes sure that her husband's spending quality, unhurried time in the Word of God. Number one priority for a Christian home. That is it. The second priority for a Christian home and it's the responsibility of the husband to make sure his wife is spending unhurried time, quality time in the Word of God. And man, if he's got to like juggle kids or cancel whatever or do whatever, he needs to make sure that he is freeing up time for his wife to be with the Lord because that's where strength comes from. Strength and honor are her clothing. She shall rejoice in time to come. You know, when you're, when you're sowing seeds like this, you will be reaping. And as you reap, you will rejoice. And that is 
what it's referring to here. Verse 26, she opens her mouth with wisdom. Ah, this is a good one. Women, this is a good one. She opens her mouth with wisdom. In other words, she knows a thing or two about timing. You know, she knows when uh, her husband's gotten home from driving an 18-wheeler for the P.O., for the post office, that he's not in, uh, in a very good mood. And so she knows when to open up her mouth and, and, and bring a hard subject. Hey, Jose, I'm looking right at you. Man, when are you going to look up? But uh, uh, timing, uh, ladies, is everything. And, and, but, but, you know, a woman's only going to know timing if she is in the Word, if she has a relationship with the Lord. Yeah, sometimes you'll come in. No, I better, don't think I better bring this thing up, you know. But a lot of other times he may look normal, but, you know, you're just saying, I don't have a good feeling about bringing up this thing that I just smashed the car into the pole. Um, So, uh, anyway, uh, it, it it says there, she opens her mouth with wisdom and on her tongue, is the law of kindness. And we talked about kindness this morning. Kindness is, and humility are the rarest things on the face of the earth, and rare, too rare, way too rare, in the body of Christ. I was with a couple brothers this, this weekend. Um, you know, it, it really encourages me to, to, when I'm out with other churches and stuff, just to be meeting people who really have the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and... Uh, and it was just encouraging to, 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 to meet them. And, and uh, it's encouraging when the Lord, uh, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, kindness, it's, it's not something that anyone is in the natural. It's, what did we say it was this morning? Actually, I'm going to test you. What did we say it was? For those of you who are here, what is kindness? Anyone? Come on. Some of you were taking notes. Doing what is Right, doing above and beyond what is expected. Jesus said, if someone asks you to go one mile, go with them two. That second mile is kindness. And we talked about nurses in hospitals. You know, there's what they're required to do, which is take your temperature, you know, give you medication or whatever. And then there's what's not required, which is smile, being unhurried, focusing on you. And uh, this is the law of kindness. The law, and on her tongue, is the law of kindness. That, 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 that's hard. But, you know, with kids, with kids this is so important. And I, I really admire uh, Stephanie so much for this. If any of you have seen her interact with, with our children, she's just so kind in her interaction uh, with them. And... Uh, you know, you're, you're, you're sowing into your kids' lives when you're kind with them. Uh, and uh, it's, it's just something that um, we talked about this morning. You know, there's that aisle of kindness that says, add to your perseverance godliness. And once your, your life is characterized by perseverance, man, we should be striving to that time where we're, our life is characterized by godliness. And so... She watches over the ways of her household. She watches over the ways of her household. Now, this is talking about something a little bit different than um, I, I like that word ways there. 
you know, are the kids watching something they shouldn't be watching? Are the kids listening to something they shouldn't be listening to? Is there sort of a spirit in the house where people are just being too too ugly with each other? She's watching the ways of her household, the, just the, the, the way things um, um, are, are going about there in her, in her household. It says that, and does not eat the bread of idleness. Now, you know, uh, it goes without saying that um, laziness is, you know, there's what is like a third of the Proverbs deal with this issue. And certainly when there's laziness in the home, it's a huge issue. And if uh, women, if you're sitting around, you know, watching soaps or you know, TV all day or whatever, or video games, whatever the thing is, you know, that's not okay, the Bible says. It says, her children rise up and call her blessed. And I like, you know, what does this mean? Every single morning, they get up and go, oh, blessed is my mommy. You know, I don't, probably not what's going on. They rise up. You mean they're raised up, and when they get to the age where they realize, wow, man, I, I I don't know what I had when I had it. I had one blessed woman uh, as uh, my mother. Her children rise up and call her blessed. And her husband also, uh, and he praises her. And so this is so very important, husbands, to acknowledge what your wife is doing, in, you know, in your life for you. you got to acknowledge it. And be specific, you know, about about these types of things. You know, I just really appreciate uh, how you get up in the morning and you get, get our kids, provide our kids food. Or I really appreciate uh, how you spend time in the Word of God. I just love that about Stephanie. I'm, I just love to see her uh, with her door shut. And the, you see this light underneath the door. I know what's going on in there. She's spending time with the Lord. I, and, you know, telling your wife, you know, good, that, that was a great meal, what, whatever it is. You know, thank you for rebuking me. Uh, I, I get rebuked by my wife on a regular basis uh, for things that I need to be rebuked for. So, um and, and, and just letting her know that you know, I I do appreciate you bringing up, uh, you bringing bringing this up. It says that many daughters have done well, but you exceed them all. Charm is deceitful, and beauty is passing. But a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. And I remember, I, like 30 years ago, I was around a dinner table with a whole bunch of women, and everyone says, "If you could t- go anywhere in your life, where would you be? And, uh, where would you go to?" And and like all the women said, they want. If you could go back in time and be any time in history, and all the women said they wanted to be a Southern Belle. What? <laughs> you know? Uh, and, and I lived in the I lived in the South, and. It, 
there's a lot about the the, the, the South to to, um, to 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 love, but you know um, that charm that you that Southern belles are 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 famous for. You know, Gone with the Wind. You know, Vivian Lee. Ooh, that charm that she had. Well, it was deceitful. Now, of course, not all Southern belles are like that. I have a Southern belle. She's born in Georgia. Born in Georgia. Uh, but charm is deceitful, and while it may be flattering for a season, it's you know it it just it doesn't last. It's turned off after a while. Beauty is passing, and we live in a society where women are put on a pedestal, and uh, so much pressure is put on women. To, to be beauty, be beautiful, it, it, like you know all these women in the commercials and, and, and this type of thing. By the way, I understand that last week I made a mistake when I was talking about women in beer commercials. See now, this is what my wife corrects me on this stuff. So I said that 80% of uh, of women in beer commercials. I said drink beer. Does anyone remember me saying that? It's 80% don't drink beer. See what a great wife I have, but, th- but they, they don't drink beer because you know they care about their their, their bodies, um, but they're you know trying to portray this thing. You know, have this Bud Light, man, and you'll be you'll look like this. So you'll have a woman that looks like this, and it's just idolatry. That's all it is. And this country is paying, we pay such a high price for this particular idolatry. And, and nothing's more sad than it, seeing some woman in her 70s and she's trying to, to look like she's 40 years old. Or some, some guy, you know, uh, he's uh, 65 years old and he's wearing a t-shirt where it's just about, and he's wearing this jet black hair and you know, he's trying to look like he's, it, that's so sad, it's idolatry. And and, 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 and and you know we live in a in a country that uh, idolizes that, but this says beauty is passing. So uh, you know, women. I know you've heard these verses a lot, and 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 this is for you, and but also for for men who are single men who are pursuing or, or would like someday to to be married. It says, do not let your adornment be merely outward. This is Peter talking to women. Arranging the hair by arranging of hair, wearing of gold, or putting on fine apparel. Now, of course, we read this in its context, and we just read somewhere else in Proverbs 31. It's okay to have fine apparel, but if that's your focus, that's a problem. Rather, let it be the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of the Lord. Charm is deceitful. Beauty is passing. But a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. And and you guys have heard this before. I mean, I, I've just met women in my my life who are just really beautiful bombshells. But man, you you, you start getting to know them, their character, and, and and they're really really ugly after a while. Physical ugly. Because of what their the, the the personality just corrupts them, and and but but it, when there's character and integrity in a woman, there's just a beauty about her, a physical beauty about her. 
um, that transcends, you know, whatever curves and uh, or, or however high your cheekbones are supposed to be, you know, that type of deal. And that's what it what it's talking, what she's saying to her son. Look, this is what you need to look for. And of course, the Bible. There's nothing wrong with beauty. And there's nothing wrong. And I, you know, counsel people on this all the time. You, you know, a guy will come up to me. Is it wrong for me to want a, a, a beautiful woman? <laughs> you know, and they're all scared. Like I'm going to say, yes, that's wrong. Uh, uh, that that's that's silly and that's hyper spiritual to to think something so ridiculous. It, beauty is something that's appreciated in the Bible and certainly the uh, in, in the Song of Solomon we will get to soon. It's something that guy appreciated about that his woman. That's for sure and that's okay. It's that's the word of God and uh, th- there's nothing wrong with that at all. But the the point is, don't be amongst the fools who have made that the determinative factor, have been overly swayed by that particular thing uh, as they're choosing their wife. And, of course, women, this goes for you as well. The same exact thing. And of course, with men, you know, that beauty thing, it really starts to pass when their, their belly starts uh, going out, you know, when they're uh, over 40 years old. But... Uh, uh, charm is deceitful. Beauty is passing. Verse 31, but give her of the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gate. In other words, a woman who's, who, who, ha, who is of a, a, a reputation where people are starting to recognize the things that the Lord is doing in their life. And, and, and so this woman is telling her son, you know, when you're considering a woman, consider what other godly people think of that person. And so from time to time, people will come to us, well, what do you think about this person or that person? And, 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 and that is, you know, it's, it's an important thing. To, 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 to What other people, what other godly people think is important. If, if all the godly people who you know in your life are, you know, they're like, you know, I, 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 they're telling you, I, I don't know, I, I really see some character issues there. You know, you need to seriously, seriously reconsider, you know, whether this is the woman or the man uh, that God has for you. And so that's the Proverbs 31 woman. And again, something that um, not discourage, but encourage. Because this is, this is the, the woman of God, women, that, that God wants you uh, to become, and, and, and it's a beautiful thing, the, the, the people that God wants us uh, to be. And so uh, we'll close there. We'll close there now. I, um, we close out the thank you. I really like that guy, Pastor Scott. Sorry, it's a kind of a 